um, as he, you know, just talks about how much of a blessing that we have been to their life. But as you know, he's your pastor, and so you know the love that him and Carla have for people and uh, Destiny and Kristen. I'm telling you, they just love people. And, you know, they, they established a church there because of the love that they had for Christ. Amen. And it was, it was, I'm not going to say it was easy to take the church, amen, because it was difficult. Um, for some reason, God has a sense of humor and uses my wife and I and our children um, to take churches, amen. And, and I, I believe that's a little, a difficult thing to do. But you know what? We do it because we love the Lord so much, amen. And we're so blessed, uh, Pastor Blake and Carla, to, to, to have that opportunity to be there in San Jose and, and to minister, amen. I'm telling you what, how many know that God does things on his time, amen? You know, I tried to get out of Costa Rica the very first day I stepped on the land, amen. I tried, I mean, we stepped in and I wanted to go. It was like, you know, the fear kicked in and, I mean, I couldn't speak the language and here I am Latino and I, I, I look the part and people looking at me like I am mentally challenged, Amen. They look. They walk up to me and begin to speak to me, and I'm I'm just looking at them like uh, I, I I don't understand what you're saying, and they're looking at me like this guy's got a mental problem, man. There's something wrong with him. But you know the truth was is I couldn't even say Yo quiero Taco Bell, amen. I couldn't do it. But uh, God had to do a miracle, and we we began to work. And you know He mentioned the time when when uh, you know that during that transition period, you know we raise up men. In the church, how many can say amen to that? We're raising up men and women to go out and pastor churches, amen. We're not here just to just to fill up a barn, glory to God. We're here to, to send them out and preach the gospel and, and do great mighty things for God. And, you know, during that time period, during that trial of, of life, you know, Pastor Blake had great disciples in the church. And listen, this you can take this to heart, you know, because you need to realize this, you know, when God calls and your pastor's not going anywhere, don't worry about that, Amen. But when God calls, we need to be prepared in our hearts, in our, in our spirit, in our mind. You know, put all your battles aside. Put all your mental problems aside and, and just trust God and just believe that God can use you. Amen. I'm one that stood there many times throughout all my life. I've been raised in this church under Pastor Jones. Matter of fact, I was one of his very first disciples, got saved in Pastor Jones' ministry in Colorado Springs 39 years ago. And that was, he wasn't even the pastor of the church yet. He was doing a revival in that place. And my mother got saved. She was a drug addict and an alcoholic and a lot of other things that I won't even mention tonight, this morning. But we got saved in that place. And for 39 years, we have been disciples of Pastor Ron Jones. So do I know what he's thinking? I can almost guarantee I know what he's thinking. But thank God for his daughter. I, I have her with me. Amen. But you know what? I'm a disciple and I'm a true disciple. And when the bell rings, glory to God, it's ready to go. Amen. I mean, we're ready to battle. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, God's put that in our spirit. God's put that in our lives. But Pastor Blake, he came to me and he says, hey, listen, uh, I, I, I don't know. You might need to, uh, can, you know, can you guys take this church? And, you know, I'll be honest with you. You can ask him. I told him absolutely no way. It ain't happening. And I told him, my wife, even before I went and talked to him, she said to me, she said, just let Pastor Blake and Carla know we're not the ones that take the church. Amen. It's not us. You got your men. You got your men raised up in that church. And, and there were men. They were raised up in the church. But you know what happened is the devil began to manifest in that place. And the devil began to, didn't the devil just start putting his hand on things? And one guy was this, one guy was that. And, and, and before you know it, it just got twisted and turned. And, and I believe that God spoke to my spirit. He spoke to me. And I know he spoke to me because he confirmed it through my wife's gentle softness and her wonderful spirit that came to me and said, I believe it's time for us to do that, amen? Because, you know, if your wife ain't in agreement, <laughs> do not do it, amen? Can I get a bigger amen? 
I mean, in Texas, isn't everything big? Come on, you're going to have to prove to me now that God is big here, amen? I'm going to tell you this, but God spoke to us. We, we took the challenge, and, and I went back to Pastor Blake, and I know that he was relieved when I came back to him, and I said, you know what? We really feel it in our spirit. I called home. I called my pastor, Pastor Jones, and I said, I said, I don't feel it. I don't feel like it's God that we take that church. And he said, you know what? You don't have to take the church. Pray about it. Let God lead you whichever direction. We had another church we were pastoring. And uh, two weeks later, I called him back and said, hey, I feel God told me to take the church. My wife's on board. You know, God's going to do this. He says, glory to God, take the church. Amen. How many know that God moves, man? God will do it. He'll speak to you, amen. Once you open up your heart and quit saying, I cannot do, amen. Remember I used to say, I can't, I'll never preach. Remember that? I'll never preach. I told him, I'll never do this, man. And then the first time I preached out there in Spanish, and I'm just going to tell this one because I think he did this on purpose to me. But I'm out there preaching, and the clouds start rolling in. If you know anything about Costa Rica, they're tropical rains, amen. And I'm looking at these clouds over there, and he says, oh, don't worry, brother. He says, we got a, a nice tarp over your pulpit. You know, you'll be all right. And I'm thinking, okay. And you see these little platforms right here? He had those kind of platforms, but they were about this tall, and they made a stage, an outdoor stage we could put together. And he built that stage. It was about three times as high as this one. And I was standing up on this rickety stage, and that thing was moving on me pretty good, amen. And it's got this blue tarp. And I'm looking at this thing, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm in a foreign country. We got an American pastor, but we're in a foreign country, and I'm, and I'm, so I'm up here preaching my very first message I ever preached in Spanish, probably my third message I ever preached in my life, and I get up there, and I'm preaching a message on listening and understanding. I remember the message didn't mean a whole lot to anybody until after they saw me get beat up by the rain, but that water just began to pile up in that tarp, and it began to, the, the bubble got bigger and bigger, and I'm, I'm watching this thing. And I'm preaching, he's sitting there interpreting for me, and I'm going to tell you something, the power of God came down on me on that stage, amen. That water just fell on me like you wouldn't believe. My notes were scattered all over the place. I mean, you ask him, I couldn't even read my notes, could I? My message was gone, and I'm standing up there, and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I didn't know what to say. I'm soaking wet, so I just had to tell that story, because he did that to me, I believe, amen. Glory to God. How many got your Bibles this morning? How many got your electronic Bibles this morning? Lord have mercy. Paul Platt, I should have warned you I was going to ask that. I love you, brother. You know that. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I know them electronic Bibles are nice. And I'm a visiting pastor, so I can pretty much get away with saying anything. Amen? And I know Paul loves me anyway, so I can tell him whatever. But anyways, I love it when I just get to torment people. I like to bring my Bible to church. Amen? If you got, if you listen, if you got your electronic Bible, don't you be discouraged. Don't you let me uh, hurt your feelings. I'm just tormenting a little bit. But bring your Bible. There's nothing better than this right here. Flipping through them pages, man, it's so beautiful, amen. Bring your Bible to church. I want to minister this morning. I won't take very long. I've already taken some of my preaching time this morning uh, just uh, saying thank you to Pastor Blake and how wonderful this place looks. I, I, I was not surprised when I walked in this place this morning. I'm not surprised, not even one minute, because I already know the faith of your pastors, amen? I know the faith. In Costa Rica, they took a building, and, and uh, th this building <laughs> was just an old uh, brick wall uh, building is all it was. It mold everywhere, dirt floors, concrete oil stains all over the place. Didn't even have a roof on it. All the drug addicts stole all the, all the metal out of the whole building. All the wiring had been pulled out of all the, uh, the conduit and everything. There was nothing in the building. This man walks into this building with a vision. 
I mean, the walls were crooked. These, these brick walls were crooked and falling over. And he walks into this building with a vision. I can see the tank over there, the baptismal tank in the ground there. He's, I mean, he's calling this stuff out. Man, it's like, boom. He's not even thinking about the thousands and thousands of dollars in a foreign country it's going to take to do this. Amen? But I want you to know something. And, and we are in the United States of America today where we do have money, amen, where we do have opportunity. But in this place, listen, they raised money in that place, and those people from that church, they provided. So, I mean, I'm telling you what, it was an abundance. It, it wasn't easy, but I'm telling you what God provided through those people, amen. So I'm not even surprised, not even a minute, uh, to walk into this place. It is, it is even more than I heard through the preaching and through all the testimonies I've gotten. And just to see that all of you have just pitched in to help out. And I'm telling you what, I've heard so much about Jimmy outside, man. I'm telling you what, God bless him. Amen. Thank you so much, Jimmy. If you're in here here and listening to me this morning, uh, what a blessing. I'm telling you what, God has a place and a time for every, every single thing that goes on in our lives. Amen. Come on, give yourselves, give your pastors a great hand, hand clap of praise. Amen. Pastor Blake, wonderful job. Wonderful job. Well, I want to minister this morning, if you're, if you're writing down titles, the battle is real. You hear a lot of people say, the struggle is real, amen? You know, I hear it all the time, the struggle is real. And sometimes the, 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 the phrase even gets a little bit on the nerve, amen? But the battle is real. We're going to turn in our Bibles to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verse 17, if you have your Bible. If not, just turn there as quickly as you can. I believe it's a timely message for what we're uh, going, dealing with today, amen, here in the church. The battle is real. You have that? Say amen. Nehemiah 4.17. says, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand they held a weapon, Amen. Now, that is a very powerful scripture. We can think of that scripture and relate it to many different things in our lives, amen? And with one hand, you've got the tool, you've got a trowel working, and the other hand, you've got a weapon to defend yourself, amen? You're fighting for your life. And this was a very powerful miracle in the Bible that we read about. You read, you can continue reading the stories, but the walls of Jerusalem had been broken down. That was the city of God. It had been destroyed and taken down. The many gates burned to the ground. These, these, these were days of problems, and what should have taken years took only 52 days to rebuild. Amen? They even slept in their clothes, and the, the, they, they worked day and night. How many can relate to that? Every time I've talked to Pastor Blake this last week or two, I mean, it's just been here at the church working and working and working. I come here to be with my son. My son's been here working and helping out here at the church also. But uh, big country, huh? Big country. I'm going to tell you something. Landon, I'm very proud of you, son. You keep serving the Lord, amen. Glory to God. We're here to, to just encourage him, and we're here to help him out a little bit, get his, his work going and, and get things situated. But, you know, I got to thinking about in our lives as we go through trials. You're going through some difficult times in your life. You might be sitting in church this morning, and you might be hiding behind that you're here in the presence of God, but there's things going on in your life. There's battles going on. There's uh, situations that you have no control of in your life right now. And you know what? We need to relate to this particular story where, you know what? We need to fight and work at the same time, amen? As you're going through these things, see, see these people were opposed on every single side. They had things coming at them from their left and from the right, and they were mocked, and there was threats of violence against them. There were a lot of things that they had to battle against, uh, falsely uh, prophesied against. How many know that even the church is falsely prophesied against? 
How many know they're talking about you today, man? It's not like it used to be where, you know what, when you went to church, uh, you were considered a good person. Nowadays, you go to church, they call you a hypocrite. Amen. Nowadays, and it's only because the church has been so watered down that they call us hypocrites. The Bible says in verse 14, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. And fight. It says this. Listen to this. It says, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Amen. That means nobody's going to walk in this place and talk about you. Hallelujah. That means nobody's going to walk into a restaurant and, and talk about your pastor. Thank you for that amen. Hallelujah. You know, we don't talk about, uh, you know, the fellowship. We had somebody at one time, uh, you know, they, they mentioned some things about, you know, why do you want to do everything like your fellowship does at all? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because we are a team, amen. We belong together. We are a family. We stand strong together. We make decisions together. Hallelujah. We don't make decisions alone, amen. We get counsel from each other. Amen. See, according to the word of God, the New Testament it was a battleground, amen? How many can get that out of the New Testament? It's a complete battleground. One battle after the next, it's a battlefront. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are what? They're not carnal. It says they're not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds, amen? And that's exactly the way we are living our lives today. Listen, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And, 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 you know, Matthew 16, 18, it says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. You know, we can be discouraged. We can, and, and the church isn't necessarily just the church building. You see, we're not just talking about putting drywall on these walls and fixing it up and painting it up. See, that's all going to get done. But I'm talking about the walls in our own families. You're, I'm talking about the wall of your circumstance, the thing that has been broken down, maybe that mental battle that you're going through, that the devil's just completely tried to destroy you to make a decision in your life. I'm going to tell you something. The wrong decision can destroy your destiny, amen? Your walk with God, the way you are living your life, your children's destiny. I want you to know something. I've been raised in church. I know what I'm talking about today. I understand it. I've heard uh, when, when they've come against the pastor. I've seen when it's happened. And there's nothing better than standing strong together and saying, you know what, no matter what is going on in our lives, even in my own family, my mother and my father have gone through very, very big, big battles in their lives where they both have had to stand together and say, you know what, we are going to put our foot down and no matter what we're going through in our life, we are going to make right decisions and we are going to serve God in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. You see, God says he's going to build his church. God will build your family. God will strengthen your family, amen. He will build your circumstance. He will build whatever it is that you're going through right now. God will do it. And that he's going to use you and he's going to use me to do it. Hallelujah. Now, wasn't that encouraging? He says, I will build my house, but I'm going to use you to do it. You see, Jesus was here, and Jesus lived on this land, and I believe Jesus is still here. Glory to God, amen, because I feel his presence in this place, amen. But let me tell you something. He went to be with the right hand of the Father, and he's waiting on you and I to make heaven our home. But let me tell you something. The responsibility has been given to you and me to do something great for God, amen. That's to be a builder in the kingdom of God. That's to do something for God, to, to help win the lost, amen. I mean, I can't imagine how many thousands of people drive up and down this road right here that are going to look over here and see a church in this building that used to be a, a Western store, I believe. Is that what it was? 
and they're going to see a church in this place. And I'm telling you, and, and, and Jimmy's testimony and his reputation, people are going to say, wow, look at this place. What has gotten into Jimmy, amen? Well, I'll tell you what's gotten into Jimmy. The Holy Ghost has gotten into Jimmy, hallelujah. But I got news for you. It's the Lord that's doing the work, amen? It's God that is doing the work. It's God that is putting things back together and making things happen in this place. God's going to use you to win the lost. There's somebody in your family you've been praying for, and you need God to do a miracle in their life. Guess what? They're coming home, amen? There's somebody that's just been acting a little bit goofy in your family, and I'm going to tell you something. God is in the middle of adjusting and straightening that person out. God's going to bring them back where they need to be, amen? And sometimes it takes a little bit of a pow-pow to get them where they need to be. You say, well, how do you know that, Pastor? Because I've gotten a lot of them myself. I know exactly what I'm talking about because God has had to do a lot of shaping and molding in my life. If you don't believe it, you need about a month, but you can go ask my wife and she'll tell you all about it. Amen? There's a lot of things that God has done in my life. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for God strengthening me and encouraging me and, and having good people in my life like your pastor and his wife. Amen? It's, there's nothing more important than staying faithful and staying locked into the things of God. Listen, God will build his church, but God is going to use us. Now, how can God use us if we've got sin in our life? How can God use us if we've got some type of mentality that nobody loves me in this world? Whoa, me. You ever heard someone talk like that? Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody wants to do anything with me. Well, listen, I got news for you. They don't want to do anything with me either. Hallelujah. You know why? Because I'm preaching the gospel to them all the time. And I don't really give a rip, to be honest with you. Amen. I just tell them the way it is. You know, we don't have a guilty conscience. We ain't got nothing to hide. Amen. As you can tell, my English ain't very good either. We ain't got a whole lot to hide. We just tell it like it is. Isn't that the truth? Amen. Jesus loves us. Jesus cares about us. But you know what? Jesus told us to do something. He said to go out and reach all those that are lost. Amen. You look over at that sign. I want you to look at that sign. Every time you walk into this church, amen, and he called us to reach the lost, to, to teach them, preach the gospel, hallelujah, and to send them forth to preach the gospel, amen. That's what we are called to do in this world today. Hallelujah. You see, one of the most discouraging things as we talk about builders and battlers, people that are building up the church that God uses within the church is, you know, one of the greatest uh, difficulties is when they get saved and they come into the presence of God and then all of a sudden they disappear on us. They come in, they, uh, that's why I'm so proud to look up here at Donnie as he's opening up this service, man. I'm thinking, wow. I remember when he got saved, man. I'm thinking, wow, who is this guy? But you know, the most important, the funny thing about that is I'm watching him. Because that's what we do. You know, we're proud of our disciples. We're proud of these young men that come in and get saved. And, and, you know, don't get hurt if I don't talk about you, but I'm talking about him today, man. Glory to God. But I look over at Nicole, and she's just got love in her eyes for this man. And she's looking at him as he's ministering, and she's nervous for him. She's scared for him. She's happy for him. She's blessed. She's looking to, to God saying, wow, Lord, this man that I used to live with that I didn't really like a whole lot, God, look what you've done to him. Look what you've done in his life. Uh, look how you've set him free and broke the bondage of sin. Woo. Oh, he ain't all that. Oh. Listen to me. You can't get up here at this pulpit ever, whether you're opening a service or praying for a service, and your wife be on stage. If you're not living right for God, believe me, she will, she will call you out. 
She will call you out. You, you're either right with God or you're not right with God. Now, did I say you got to be perfect? No, I don't think there's a perfect one in here. Well, my wife might be a little close to perfect, but I'm just kidding. Nobody's perfect. Amen. But when we're talking about a hunger for God, when we see what God is doing in this place, when we talk about God building his church and using you and I to do that, we look at a testimony like our brother Donnie and Nicole, and I'm telling you what, God is not done yet. Hallelujah. He's not done yet. Because I know they've been to the bottom of the bottom. Amen. And I, now I know since you've gotten saved, you went to the top, amen? And it didn't take years to get there. You got there when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, amen? And God is not done with you, brother. He's going to use you. He's going to do great and mighty things. And he's already spoken to you on the things that you need to do in your life, the changes you need to make in your life. He's already spoken it to you, and I'm just here to confirm it this morning, amen? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Glory to God. There's no backsliding going on here, amen. We're going forward with God, amen. Thank God. I'll tell you what, it's important, amen. You know what? You can go all over the place in the world. You can read about books, books that tell you how to, how to make it big. You can talk about uh, books on how to get happy. There's preachers all over television today. They're smiling like a bunch of smash cats, amen, telling you that life is going to be good if you just get on the right train, amen. Well, what happens if I get on the wrong train? Tell me about that. Amen. Because I've been on a couple wrong trains in my life, amen. You ever been on the wrong train? You ever made a wrong decision? You ever needed God to really bail you out of a problem? Amen. I'll tell you what, I get there, and I'm a pastor, and I still get myself into those situations, amen. You got kids watching. You got people watching you. You, you know, you got a, a reputation. You're, you're a man of God now, and everybody's watching these things. But let me tell you something. When I sit there and watch someone on television telling me that life is just so wonderful all the time, you know, I want to just come through that television and tell them they're lying through their crooked teeth. You ever want to do that? Amen. Let me tell you something. But I'm going to tell you something. Books about the holiness and the sacrifice and loyalty, those books are really hard to find. It's really hard to flip through a channel on television and find a good old preacher telling you, you know what, you need to be loyal to your church. You need to be faithful to your pastor. You need to love your wife. You need to love your children. See, that's what you're getting right here, amen. This is what we do in this place. We are raising up families to do great and mighty things for God. In David Ravenhill's book, For God's Sake, Grow Up, he says, too many people do not count the cost when they get saved. Too many people don't count the cost when they get saved, amen? The Bible says in Luke 12, verse 49, I'm not going to read about it. You can read about it later, 49 through 53. Sending fire was to, to thrust down. See, God's not looking for sentimental enthusiasts. I threw that scripture in there. You can go look at it later. He's not looking for lighthearted believism. He's not looking for uh, or, 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 or the, uh, the, the fish and the loaves crowd. He's not looking for that, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, everything's great and there's a miracle everywhere you go, you know. The, it's just a wonderful thing. God is raising up a generation of builders and battlers, people who understand that we are real people in this place, amen. That means when you go out to a restaurant and somebody uh, orders a beer with you, you, you take a stand. That means when, you know, when somebody, uh, you're out hanging out with somebody and they want to tell a dirty joke, it's time to say something to them, you know. Time to say, whoa, 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 hold on there, uh, Sally Lou. We're not going there. You know, too many times we go to the phone instead of the throne, amen? 
We're going to tell somebody what's happening in our life instead of just going to God and saying, God, I need a miracle in my life. I'm hurting right now, amen? See, God will do a miracle. God will help you. He will encourage you. He will strengthen you in his time, amen? But we have to be faithful to God. We have got to be faithful. See, I'm, I'm going to tell you the honest to God's truth. He's raising up this, a generation of builders and battlers. <laughs> they, got one, they have a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. Amen? Let's turn over to Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Mark 8, 34. When you have that, say amen. Some of you, man, them digital things, you're fast. Glory to God. My problem is I couldn't get there if I tried to, even on, even on an iPad. 834 through 38. I'm in Matthew. Look at me. I would have been. Make sure I'm in the right place. 834 through 38. Hallelujah. And when he, had, he, when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. You see, he didn't say in this very moment in that scripture, he didn't say, take up your portfolio. He didn't say, take up all the greatness of you. Talk, talk about you. He didn't say, take up your, your business and, and follow me, amen? See, many times we want to pick up what we have and we want to just run with it. You know, it was the easiest thing in the world for my wife and I when we got called to go to Costa Rica in, in 2006. We, we had no idea that this could even happen. But we had five separate businesses that we were running. And, and to be honest with you, she wishes we had nothing at the time because it, it, I, was, I was chasing money, amen, just to be honest with you. And I was out there doing my thing. There's nothing wrong with having money. I'm not talking about being wealthy. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about when your heart is in the wrong place, amen. And, and I was saved, and I was living for God, but, but there were things in my life that were not, uh, were not right, and I wasn't putting my priorities together. I wasn't doing the things I should be doing correctly with what God had given me. How many can say amen to that? And I remember a time my wife said, we got to sell this house. We had a house that was a rental. It was just going downhill, and we had been trying to sell it for a whole year. Not one person seen that house. Not one person went to look at that house. And I'm telling you something. When God put in our spirit that we were going to Costa Rica, God just began to open one door after the other. My, we had a realtor that called us and said, your house is, 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 is listed in a very expensive neighborhood, and we were only asking $225,000 for the house. It was cheap, you know, for, for, for the area that we were in. There were multi-million dollar houses, and people weren't even looking at our house. They thought it was like a garage or something out there. And she says, your house has been listed in the wrong place for a year since it's been on the market. And so we turned that over to her, and, and that realtor took the house. Matter of fact, we, we decided we were going. God sold both of our houses, all of our businesses. God spoke to me and told me to give this one to this 
I had foremans on all those posi- all those jobs that we had, and I gave the foremans to all those uh, companies that we were we were doing all the different works we were doing. I gave it to the foreman of those of of, of our company, and and just blessed them with the business. We didn't want the headache. God, we felt like God told us to do that. Give it to. We had a cleaning business, so we gave the cleaning business to the foreman that we had working for us. We had another business, the concrete business. I gave all my tools over to another concrete guy and just blessed him with it all. And we, we were doing a lot of things. We, we were involved in a lot, but we were so scattered that God couldn't use us the way he wanted to use us. And the moment we surrendered to God is when God said to us, you know what, boom, now I'm going to do it for you. And within two weeks, everything that we had, our business was, was, was um, everything was put in God's hands. And, and God released it to the right people. Amen. I got a phone call one night at, t- at about 11 o'clock at night, and it was a cousin of mine who owned his own business, and he said, I have no idea why I'm calling you. He says, but I needed to call you and just ask you if you had any work for me. And I said, what happened to your business? He said, well, I have my business still, but he said, I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel right about traveling anymore for work. It's not good for my marriage, and I want to stay in town. And I was thinking, God, you are awesome, man. This is great. So I asked my cousin, I said, how would you like to uh, uh, own, own my business here, here in Colorado Springs. And he was like, man, I would, I would love that. He said, would you consider that? He said, I'll just, you can just hire me and I'll, I'll manage it for you. I said, no. I said, we need to release it. We need to get rid of it. I'll sell it, I'll sell it to you, but I'll work it out so that you can afford to get into it. And, man, I'll tell you what, like that, God just put it in his hands, and we were released to go and do what God wanted to do. You see, when you surrender to God, when you allow God to do what he wants to do in your life, you know what he does? He opens up doors. He opens up highways. You say, I'll never go preach because I can never get out of this financial rut. Well, the reason you're in that financial rut is because you're saying you'll never go preach. The reason you're in that battle that you're in today is because you keep putting limits on God. You keep telling God, if you'll do this, God, I'll do that. No, God's saying, you do this, and then I'm going to do that. God says, you walk in that right path, and then I'm going to hit you when you get there. Hallelujah, amen. But, you know, we're like that, we're like that, that game. What's that game called, Bonk or something like that, where you hit, that, you hit all those heads that pop up? What's it called here? Whack-a-mole. Okay, whack-a-mole, we'll call it. Amen. So whack-a-mole, that's how we walk our lives as Christians. Did you know that? We're scared. We're scared to death. We don't want to go left. We don't want to go right because we're afraid we're going to get whack-a-mole across the head. Amen? Isn't that how we feel sometimes? We feel like, God, if I go out and I take that extra step, Lord, something's going to happen to me. I'm going to be out of my comfort zone. I won't. Listen, we went, man, I'll tell you what, we went years without uh, any ties or anything to those businesses. And I'm telling you what, there was a lot of days where I sat there nervous as I'll get out because I wanted to work. Amen? I wanted to do things. But God called us to do something different. He called us to do something completely different. You see, today's Christians, they want to hear sermons on health and wealth and all the goodness of life, and they want to hear how wonderful things are. But, you know, Psalms 104.4 says, who makes his angel spirits, his ministers a flame of fire. Amen? Do you know that you are a flame of fire today? If you're saved, you're a flame of fire. First Kings 8.24, he was the God who answered by fire. Deuteronomy 4.24 says, for our God is a consuming fire. You see, he sent fire on Mount Carmel. He, he sent fire uh, to, to Mount Sinai, man. You can read throughout the Bible. He sent fire in the Jesus, Jesus movement. He's going to send fire again upon our lives in this place, amen. He's going to do a great and mighty thing, and he is sending fire today in this place. Glory to God. How many need the fire of God in your life? How many need God to wake you up a little bit? 
Amen. Sometimes us preachers, we wish we had a button up here that we can just see every single seat and have a little shocker on it. Man, that'd be nice, man. We would be, we would be awesome at this. We'd be over here talking over here and boom, there he goes. Ah! I would mess with you so bad in church. I'm telling you what, but you know what? We should be that way even without that type of mechanism, amen? We should be excited for the things of God. We should be jumping and shouting and dancing, hallelujah, just as we sang in that song tonight, this morning, amen? Listen, God is real. He's powerful, amen? He's sending fire upon our lives. And I'm not talking about a little flicker of fire either, amen? So there's a couple things I just want to tell as I close. You know what? We're a church planting church, amen? It's biblical. It's a New Testament principle. We build churches, Mark 16, 15. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah, amen. It's very simple. We're to follow this command. It's Matthew 20, 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Hallelujah. Acts 8, 4 says, therefore, who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. In Romans 10, 15, it says, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? How can you preach unless you're sent? How can you be sent if you haven't been discipled? Amen? So our job is to disciple our men. So number two, we got, you got, uh, that, well, number one, still it's church planting. Amen? It's opposed on every side. You're mocked. You're attacked. It's not like it used to be. Amen? Nowadays, as you're crazy. You're going to do that. You, you know, anybody of the world would talk to Pastor Blake and say, you are absolutely crazy to leave that building, to move into this place with all the work you got to do. And aren't you afraid to lose people? Aren't you afraid that no one's going to know you're a church? Listen, we ain't afraid. And, and our pastor told us, just do it scared. Amen? That's what we do. We do it scared. Hallelujah. But we're not going to bow down to the devil and say, oh, I'm not going to do that because, oh, we, it's a big risk. No, we're going to take that step, amen? Number two, evangelism. I'm not talking about friendship evangelism either this, evening, this morning, amen? Not building schools or hospitals. Now listen, all those things are great. I'm not dogging. I'm not putting that down. But I'm talking about door-to-door, confrontational, one-on-one, Holy Ghost preaching where you knock on somebody's door and tell them that Jesus loves them, amen? I'm going to challenge you today. When you go out to lunch today, you go up to somebody and you just tell them Jesus loves them, amen? And they're going to look at you like, why did you just tell me that? Well, glory to God, I'm glad you asked because now I can preach to you. Amen? Just tell them what Jesus did in your life. You know, I used to be an alcoholic. I used to be a, a, a gangbanger. I used to be a, a, a drug addict. I used to be this. I used to be that. I used to be ugly, but now I'm all right. Amen? Yeah, you tell them that. They're going to look at you like, man, this person is definitely different. Amen? But I'm going to tell you what, that's how you build the kingdom of God. It's by reaching out and loving people. We are an evangelistic church. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. You can write a couple of scriptures down. Matthew 10, 6 through 8. It says, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. I'm telling you what, this scripture tells it all. Raise the dead, cast out demons freely. You have received freely give. Amen. In other words, what Christ has given me, I'm going to give to somebody else. Amen. God changed my life. He saved me, set me free, and I'm going to change and save somebody else through Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Number three is Holy Ghost preaching. Amen. We proclaim 
to publish, hallelujah, that's what it means is to publish, to herald, amen, to bring in full measure, to lift your voice, hallelujah. I'm talking about, you know, I'm sorry, but I can't stand to be in a church where I'm falling asleep because the preacher's dead, you know. We preach in this place, amen. There's a difference between preaching. Teaching informs the mind, but preaching challenges the heart and it convicts each and every one of us. Amen. We get convicted when we hear preaching, amen, where the word of God is preached. The Bible says in Acts 7.54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. The heart was pierced, amen, and they were cut to the heart, and that's how we change in our life. 1 Corinthians 1.17 says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Hallelujah, amen. It didn't say to preach a doctrine. It didn't say to preach religion. It didn't tell, you know, just make them feel good. Just tell them it's going to be all right. No, it said to preach the gospel. Hallelujah, amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Number four, and this is a cuss word for a lot of people, but living a holy life. Are you living a holy life this morning? Are you saved or you just got wearing a badge on your chest saying, I'm saved? You know what? I'm talking about living a holy life, amen. Builders and battlers, they fight for holiness in their life, amen. You know what? Listen, we all have problems in our life. Every one of us have to fight against sin, just like you, amen. Our pastors fight against sin. We are fighting against sin on a daily basis, amen. But we are builders and battlers for the kingdom of God and expecting God to do great and mighty things in our life, amen. Hallelujah. See, the battle is won through making right choices over time. If you're making wrong choices this, this morning, today's the day. You're going to change. You're going to make some right choices. You're going to make that decision today. My right choices have just begun. Amen. I'm going to make right choices, and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Amen. Listen, you might have to suffer a little bit. You might have to take less money than what you're expecting to make. But you know what? When you make that right choice, God will bless that right choice. And before you know it, you'll be making more than your boss. You say, well, how is that even possible? Well, hey, God has a lot of money. Amen. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills, and there's a lot of hills here with a lot of cattle on it, amen? And if he owns all that, whoo, glory to God, we're going to be eating filet mignon for the rest of our lives, amen? Glory to God. You see, Pentecostals throughout history in the church, in the church world, were not considered mainstream. They were considered lower-class Christians from the other side of the tracks. But today, tongue-talking, fire-baptized uh, believers are the fastest growing group of, uh, you know, the religious uh, community calls it organization in the world. We're growing fast. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. The rest of them are growing too. But listen, we have a job to do. There are a lot of souls out there that are dying and going to hell on a daily basis. And then we need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. With the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. Baptized with the Holy Ghost. That means when that chin falls down to that, that chest, you know, and you get depressed a little bit, then you start, you know, whoo, hey, glory to God. Amen. You get a little bit excited, and you, you get in that shower in the morning, and, you know, that husband ticked you off a little bit, and then you get in that shower, and you start speaking in tongues, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost comes upon you, glory to God, and then you can go to church, and you don't have to be fighting sitting in church. Now, I know that doesn't happen here, but I'm talking about back in our church in Phoenix, amen? There are a lot of people like to go to church when they're fighting, amen? I know it doesn't happen here, but you know what? When you get the Holy Ghost, you get something special in you, man. It's something powerful. How many of you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost this morning? How many of you need God? Let me tell you something, brother. You're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost, amen? It's free for every one of us, man. It's there for us. God wants us all to be filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost, amen? You see, it said when Paul had laid hands upon them. The Holy Ghost came in Acts chapter 19, verse 6. 
It came on them, and they spoke with other tongues, and they began to prophesy. Hallelujah. How many would love to prophesy, man? Glory to God. So these basic principles are principles that we live by in our lives. We are a reaching, uh, 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 an outreaching machine. Hallelujah, man. We, everywhere we go, we're pulling tracks out of our pocket telling somebody about Jesus. My wife and I, we're here visiting. We were out at a restaurant yesterday, and we're out just inviting people out to church. We didn't have the pamphlets to give them, but we're telling them where the building is. It's easy to tell them about this place. Everybody knows this place, amen? Everybody knows the owner and the family, and everybody knows it's a very popular place here. And you just tell them, come on down. God's going to save your life. He's going to change you, amen? How many believe that God will change your life? I don't care if you're saved or not. You, listen, God will change your life if you give him an opportunity, amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let's bow our heads, amen, as our musicians come forward this morning. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, we're going to pray this morning. We'll give you an opportunity to accept the Lord as your Savior in this place this morning. The Bible says in 1 Timothy, Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You and I are battlers. But you know, there's so many different people in this world that have been through some trials. Corey Tim Boone was one. She went through a very difficult time. She survived a German concentration camp during World War II. And her sister was with her, and she was a Christian, and she was mistreated for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praying and for reading the Bible to everybody she met. She did this in secret because it wasn't allowed. This sister of hers, she died. She was mistreated. Corey at first became very bitter. Corey Tinboom was very bitter against this group of people. She was released at the end of World War II, and she began to share her testimony all over the world. She began to go places and tell of her story of how she was taken and mistreated, and her sister had been mistreated and died. And in one of her meetings, years later, years after the war had already passed, an older man came forward, and it was one of the guards from the camp who was responsible for her sister's death. It was one of the men that was responsible for killing her. He got saved, and he put out his hand, and he asked her for forgiveness. She had a choice to make in that very moment. She said, she could, she could have stayed bitter or she could have made a decision in that very moment to say, I will forgive you. It's no different than what you and I are doing right now. We have a choice to make. We can ask the Lord to forgive us or we could just be bitter for the rest of our lives. Corey Tin Boom chose forgiveness. She understood she made a quote, and she said, Corey Timboon said this, memories are not the key to the past, but to the future. Corey Timboon, she was a battler. She battled through a lot of different things in her life, and you and I, we don't have it half as bad as what she's had it. 
if she's able to forgive and be used by God, you and I in this place, just look back to your testimony. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, when you accepted him into your life as your Lord and Savior, if you're in this place this morning and you say, I'm not saved, I'm not right with God. I'm away from the Lord. I'm backslidden in my spirit. You say, I want to be saved. I want to be right with God. I want to be in, in right standing with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If that's you in this place this morning, I want you just to lift your hand up before the Lord. Just put it up and put it right back down. Say, Pastor, please pray for me. I, I need to be saved. I need to be right with God. I've got, I've got things in my life that aren't right with him. How many all over this place? Just put it up and put it right back down. I promise not to embarrass you. I just want to, I want to pray for you. Make the order, order, change the order for just a moment. You're here today, you say, at one time in my life, I was a builder and a battler. I was one that would fight for everything. But now I'm one that's kind of laid down and let things happen, just let them happen. And I'm not strong like I should be. I'm away from the things of God. You might feel like you're saved. You might feel like everything's all right in your life spiritually, but there's something there that's holding you back from being where God wants you to be. Maybe it's videos. Maybe it's Internet. Maybe it's addictions in your life. And those things continue to condemn you, continue to put you down and make you feel so unworthy in the kingdom of God, but you want to be strengthened this morning. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but we're going to open up these altars. Let's all stand to our feet if we would this morning. All over this place, let's stand. I want to challenge you, if you're not an altar goer this morning, I want to challenge you this morning to come down to this altar and just talk to the Lord. You can stand here. If you can't kneel, if you want to kneel down, kneel down at an altar, but if not, just stand at this altar. Find a chair up here in the front row to just kneel on and talk to the Lord for just a minute. Say, Lord, I want to be a builder and a battler. I want to understand the burden. I want to carry that burden of being a builder and a battler where I can be the strength of this church and encourage my pastor, where I can build my family and let God use us. Because I'll tell you this, the honest to God's truth, if we get in the way of what God's doing, it's God, God won't be able to do what he wants to do in your life. And that's the honest to God's truth. God will do a little hiccup. He'll do a little turn off to the side. And he's going to find somebody that's willing to surrender 100% to God. Let's all pray. Let's just pray to God for a minute as we worship.